Good morning, Northlanders, and welcome to Sound Off. The Sound Off host is Brad Bennett, who has served this country as a Marine Corps sergeant during the Vietnam War and has served this community as a three-term member of the Duluth School Board. To Sound Off, call Brad now, 218-722-0839 or 888-KDAL-610. Now, Sound Off and let your voice be heard. Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Oh, Kenny, it's, it's, it's so warm here today already. I mean, I just, uh, I, I don't know. Well, anyway, how, how, warm, well, how warm is it? It's 80 degrees already. Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm watching people come and go on the golf course. They're all uh, dressed in shorts, having a great time. So anyway, it's warm. Well, it's freezing here. It is 32 degrees at the Sky Harbor Airport, 32 Well, uh, so you didn't, uh, if I remember right, you didn't watch Biden's State of the Union yesterday, and nor did a lot of other people. Evidently well, no, Tuesday. The report. It was Tuesday or night. Tuesday. Yep. Tuesday, yes. No, I did right. not. We talked about it yesterday. Um, so anyway, Biden's speech on Tuesday was seen by roughly 23 million viewers across the seven major TV networks. But that's down from 34 million that tuned in the first State of the Union uh, a year ago of of Biden's, so evidently uh, people weren't uh, weren't really looking for much going on, and uh, and they got kind of what they're looking for. So the TV audiences kind of tuned into other things. They wanted to watch other things. They didn't really want to watch Joe Biden uh, blow smoke, and and so they tuned into other things. I was looking at the actual individual stations and how they did ABC. Uh, well, let's see, Fox Fox News Channel placed first. Can you imagine that? First among the major TV networks. Now, remember, there's still a lot of people in America that only have the major TV stations, ABC, NBC, CBS, and MSNBC, or maybe, well, I don't know, some, some local channel of some kind. But Fox News placed first among the major TV networks with viewers, uh, 4.6 million viewers. ABC, that is in almost every house in the nation, came in second with 4.3, NBC with 3.7, CBS 3.5, NSNBC 3.4, and finally CNN with uh, with 2.3. So, I don't know. You know, the, CNN's got to get something going on there, but but their numbers are just really low. Anyway, this morning, uh, after the State of the Union and after everything that was talked about and uh, the fact that people are very concerned and and Biden going into his, uh, you know, starting to get close to a re-election term, if, if in fact he's looking to run again, knows that he's got to do something with the southern border, knows he's got to do something with uh, with the illegal immigrants that are pouring into this country by the droves. This morning, one of the major news sources, uh, MSN this morning, said the Biden administration is negotiating an agreement with Mexico that would allow U.S. authorities to carry out large-scale deportation of non-Mexicans back across the border for the first time, according to four current and former U.S. officials familiar with the discussion. 
Now, that sounds a little bit, doesn't it, like stay in Mexico that Trump had put in place during his administration? Only this way, they're taking him into our country, but then they're saying, okay, you can't come in, but you're going to have to go and stay in Mexico. I don't know what the big deal is. It costs us more money to take them in here, uh, interview them, uh, go through that whole process just to tell them you got to get out again. With pandemic-related emergency border restrictions scheduled to expire this spring, the immigration legislation and immigration legislation stalled in Congress, which it has been for years and years, Biden's Biden officials are moving to implement a new enforcement model ahead of the presidential election. So you can kind of get the feeling, if you read between the words, that Biden knows he's got to at least appear like he's trying to do something. Their, their plan, Biden's plan, would permit hundreds of thousands of migrants to enter the United States uh, while threatening severe consequences for those who don't follow the rules. Um, the capacity to quickly send non-Mexican deportees back across the border could be a breakthrough for Biden officials who say record numbers of illegals crossing have been fueled by their inability to return migrants to their home nations. Doris Meisner, the top U.S. immigration official during the Clinton administration, said she was not aware of any precedent for mass deportation of non-Mexicans to Mexico. She said the measure could be a game changer. I think we're into a new era and a new territory, she said. So Biden is finally going to make some, or at least attempting to make some. Now, I hope he's He's talked to Mexican authorities about this. I'm sure he probably has. Uh, and and they're going to uh, evidently approve the fact that we would allow these people, if they had snuck into our country, we would allow them to come, but then we would turn around and kick them out. Strange goings on, folks. You'll never find strange goings on like that up at Dead on Arms, right, Chad? You'll find straight... You'll find things uh, that you know, and you know the way they're going to happen. Uh, you, you, you guys have a great uh, protocol set up uh, when you walk into dead-on shooting range, and you kind of know what you're going to get, and it just uh, seems to work straight. There, there are straight shooters up there at dead-on shooting range, right? Yes, there is, Brad. You know, we do everything by by the book. We don't we don't veer at all from the book. So, and we 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 keep it. You know, when we teach class and we do all the other stuff at dead-on arms. We give out the right information. That's that's the big part about it. We want we want to give people the right the right information so they have the right training when it comes to firearms. Boy, I'll tell you what, and that whole industry is changing so fast. We've talked about that in the past, Chad. But uh, you know, if you're a if you're a concealed carry uh, licensee and you're still looking for that special firearm that you feel comfortable carrying. Man, be aware of the fact that they're changing almost every day, aren't they? They they are, you know, and it's the only it's the only protected right that we have in the Constitution that says shall not be infringed. But it just seems like every time we turn around, they want to infringe on it in some way, shape, or form, and we allow them to do that. So it it, yes. it is uh, it is changing every single day. You know, I, I talked last on Tuesday about the new gun legislation that's coming that they're working on. It's it's you know it says shall not be infringed. What does that really mean? Does that mean you get the right laws, you know, contradicting that? No, that's not what it means. 
And a lot of people no. are nervous about this because a lot of folks have bought firearms and a lot of po- folks have learned how to protect themselves. And, and they want to know, now we're going to take law-abiding citizens and turn them into criminals. Well, voting has consequences. I will say that. <laughs> You're very right. Voting does have consequences. And we're, uh, we're starting to see some of that in this country with some of the uh, new laws that the Democratic-controlled administration wants to put in place. But so far, it's been, they've not been able to do that. And so far, your guaranteed constitutional rights are still there. So here's what you've got to do, folks. You've got to take the opportunity on your own to use your rights. Get up to dead-on shooting range. Get yourself licensed. Take one of those concealed carry classes where you will learn from licensed law enforcement officers like Chad himself, who is a uniform-wearing officer, uh, you'll find legal. You'll find all the legal uh, ins and outs of the concealed carry legislation, and you'll find an opportunity for you to try a number of different firearms. Uh, that board you've got up by the cash register there when you come in by the by the retail store, Chad. I think there's got to be fifty or sixty firearms on there, uh, all different uh, sizes. You can try everything from a three eighty to a nine millimeter to a forty five to anything in between. And you can try them all for a, a pittance. I, what, what is it you charge to try? If I walked in I, uh, and I want to try a firearm, I say, uh, yeah, let me see that third one from the left. And I want to take it out on the range and try it out. There's not much charge there, is there? No, there isn't, Brad. You know, and we talk about rental firearms. They're the only place in northern Minnesota that has that. Try it before you buy it. You know, we have 150 different types of firearms on that wall. And when new ones come out, we put them up there. So there's a lot of new firearms we've added to the rental wall that have just come out. People want to try them. You know, the new concealed carry firearms that are coming out daily, it seems like every other week there's a brand new one that is getting released. You know, everybody's fighting for the uh, more ammo in the concealed carry firearm. So we have a bunch of those in the rent fleet. People try them and, you know, see if they like them. Well, you'd be proud of me. I just uh, purchased a new one myself. I just bought the new Glock thin rail that has like an 11-round capacity that you can get another magazine that's made by a private one that you can put 15 rounds in. And what a, yeah. what a nice nice weapon. Yep. They're, they're, yes, they're all making, they're all making that uh, adjustment to, to carry more rounds, you know, in a smaller package. SIG was originally the first one that came out with that technology, and now everybody's kind of adopted it and started using it. So we get a lot of that in the days of people carrying the old 1911 with eight rounds. That, that's, that's coming to an end. The, the 9 mil is more prevalent. And then a lot of folks will buy the 380, 380EZ. You know, we get a lot of females, a lot of older males that will buy the 380EZ just because it's easy to manipulate. So that is our number yep. one seller still to this day. But, you know, like we talked about, come on up and see us, Brad. Try out the firearms before you buy them and, you know, take that class, learn the proper way, the, the responsible gun ownership, and we can definitely help you out with that. Yeah, absolutely. Folks, it's right. All you got to do to find dead on, just jump on Highway 2, leaving Proctor. Uh, just drive up the highway about eight miles and you'll see it right on your left-hand side. Retail stores, classrooms, indoor shooting range, just fantastic location. Give them a call at 218 218- Seven two nine nine six eight nine, or if you're looking for uh, classes or anything, go to their webpage. They've got a fantastic webpage, Dead On Shooting Range, all one word, deadonshootingrange.com, and they can help you out. 
Thanks, Chad. I appreciate that very much. We're going to take our first break of the morning. We'll be right back after this. Someday I'm going to write the story of my life. I'll tell about the night we met and how my heart can't forget the way you smile at me. I want the world to know the story of my life. KDAL Time, 11.25. The song is sung by Marty Robbins. It was written by the late Burt Bacharach. Oh, nice. Burt Burt passed away yesterday at the age of 94. Yeah, I knew he was was really getting up there. This was a big song, Brad. This is 1957, Marty Robbins. It went to number one on the U.S. Billboard Country Chart, went to number 15 on the Billboard Hot 100 Singles Chart. Uh, this was one of the first big hits that uh, Bert wrote, but boy, did he write a ton of them. What did I read here? Oh, my God. He had 73 top 40 hits in the U.S., <laughs> 52 <laughs> top 40 hits in the U.K. Now, didn't he write a whole bunch of songs for Dionne Warwick at one yes. point? Yes. Yeah, he, he wrote That's a thought, ton yeah. of songs for everybody, I think. But uh, we've got some queued up here throughout the day. Perry Como. Of course, this one, Dionne Warwick, uh, just a six-time Grammy winner, three-time Academy Award winner. Uh, what a career. Born in Kansas City, Missouri. So he was a good old-fashioned, middle-of-the-country, you know, homeboy. There you go. That's fantastic. Yep. Well, listen, uh, folks, uh, yesterday I made quite a bit of a big scene about the fact that I was really impressed with uh, Governor Sarah Huckabee uh, Sanders. Uh, who uh, had the response to the Democratic State of the Union. And uh, all of a sudden, boy, I'll tell you what, she's catching a lot of press, a lot of good press, but she's got a lot of Democrats hounding her. And in fact, uh, criticism came after her from Governor, from California Governor Gavin Newsom. Uh, Gavin Newsom came out, took to Twitter, and went to criticize Sanders for verbally being anti-crime while governing a state that has one of the highest murder rates. Well, that's not necessarily true, but you know who came to her defense? A Democratic state representative from Arkansas. In swift response, Arkansas state representative, Democratic state representative Andrew Collins countered, she's been a governor for a month. In other words, <laughs> you know, come on, Newsom. You think she ch- changed uh, the world in a month? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Yeah, he said, uh, number one, she's been a governor for a month. Number two, there are drivers when it comes to crime like poverty, lack of education, lack of opportunities. Arkansas needs to fix a number of these, but it's going to take time. They're generational, and they aren't unique to Arkansas. So, number three, stop trashing our state, Newsom. <laughs> That's what he told him. So, and, and of course, Newsom uh, didn't bother to mention the fact that if you looked at actual numbers of, uh, you know, a population of a state, Sanders unveiled a bill yes, uh, yesterday. She, so she spoke Tuesday night after the State of the Union. And then yesterday, Wednesday morning, 
She followed by unveiling a bill that proposed major overhauls to the state's educational system, including the elimination of critical race theory from school's curriculum, offering school choice, and raising the teacher's minimum wage to $50,000 a year. Now, this story went on to say, according to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, Arkansas actually does rank fifth in homicide mortality rate, while California ranks 26th. However, when you take the actual number of people killed by homicide rates, California ranks number one with total murders, 2,368 deaths, while Arkansas falls to to 22nd with 654. So the population of Arkansas is minuscule compared to the population of California. So on a percentage basis, yes, it looks like Arkansas ranks higher, but on actual numbers of homicides, California way exceeds Arkansas. So, you know, but Newsom took to this, the standard routine attacking the spokesperson, going after her, and uh, incredibly, uh, a Democratic state representative said, hey, come on, cut her some slack. She's been governor for a month. <laughs> anyway, we've got to go to CBS News, folks. We will be back shortly. KDAL time is 1135. Uh, geez, what do we have here? I'm looking for a temperature. Here it is. 38 degrees at the Army Corps of Engineers, 38 degrees currently. We're a little overcast here right now. Now, today here in the Twin Ports, could see a chance of sprinkles and flurries like we just heard. But uh, it's not going to be like it was yesterday, Brad. And that was mild and relatively warm. 43 was the high yesterday in Duluth. Yeah, well above the normal high this time of the year of 22. And so very mild yesterday. No snow, no rain yesterday. uh, Must have just felt spectacular, huh? It really did. I was able to get out and do a little shoveling. <laughs> We're still shoveling after that uh, two inches that we had the other day. But uh, some of the highs yesterday around the area real quick. Yesterday, I Falls, 45, 43 in Brainerd, 45 in Hibbing. Ashland yesterday, 49, 45 in the Twin Cities. And Marquette, Michigan, where 131 and a half inches of snow has already fallen. Marquette reached 50 yesterday. Really? They oh, did. man. They did. They had some of those snow drifts go down some then. I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. Well, Kenny, a couple of other things. One thing I, I want to keep harping on, and I don't mean to beat the thing to death, but it's something I'm very, very uh, concerned about, and that's the mental stability of Russia and its leaders uh, as they get deeper and deeper into this war. You know, Putin watches Zelensky running all over the world, running to the United States, asking for more tanks, more of this, more of that. Yesterday, he was over in Great Britain asking them, and then he was in uh, uh, Germany before that. And that's his, uh, that's kind of his format as he goes over and explains to the people how they're, they're fighting this massive uh, big lion, uh, uh, the Russian Empire, and they need help. My caution has always been, that I don't trust Russia. I think when Russia gets pushed with its back up against the wall, it will respond somehow. Well, yesterday, Russian state television aired its latest nuclear threat amidst the war in the Ukraine. A former Russian army commander, Andrei Gurlava, suggested 
nuclear weapons should be used following a series of military setbacks. Gurlov, currently an MP, whatever that is, at the state Duma, uh, in other words, I think he's an official in the government, he said, look, last month he said that Russia could use atomic weapons to attack the United States to avenge its support both militarily and financial of the Ukraine, and that Americans won't come to their senses until they get hit with a nuke on their skull. Whoa. Man, I'll t- that's, that's uh, pretty serious uh, Pretty serious threats, I think. I mean, yeah. if, if, if a Russian official says that, uh, says America won't come to its senses until they get hit uh, with a nuke on their skull... Uh, that says, and and that's and of a threat, a lot right? Of us, that, that, that's, that's not even that's not yeah. even a veiled threat. That's just an outright no, threat. It's an absolute threat. Uh, and then he went on to say, and and this is somewhat true, I guess. Uh, we have the right to use it, meaning nuclear weapons, to defend our homeland. He said, advocating changing the doctrine, which was just a piece of paper. The specter of nuclear weapons has hung over the war since the start of Vladimir Putin's invasion on February 28th. Uh, analysts have downplayed the prospect of Moscow's resorting to nuclear weapons. But if you remember right, they downplayed the fact that they didn't think uh, Russia was going to invade either. And they did. So I, I think what he is saying is, look, and, and he does say that in the story here. He says, we... Uh, we should not be afraid of what is necessary for us to use. We cannot lose this war. Uh, we won't. Uh, we will not lose this war. So, um, I think if we all look into the mirror, we know, kind of know that uh, if push comes to shove, uh, they're going to do whatever they feel that they have to do. And they call them tactic, tactical nuclear weapons. What does that mean exactly? Tactical means they'll just destroy a city or a region at a time and not not worry so much about destroying the rest of it? I don't know. Anyway, look, we've got some callers on the line. We've got first up is Jeff from Superior, who wants to comment a little bit about uh, Sarah Huckabee's rebuttal to the State of the Union last night. Uh, Jeff, thank you so much for calling in this morning. What's on your mind? Yeah, hi, Brad. I want to give you a quick lesson in Russian language. They call it the okay. Duma. They call it the Duma because the word in Russian for think is Dumayu. So when you say I am Dumayu. thinking, yeah, yeah, Dumayu, okay. I am thinking. So the Duma is like a place where people think. So that's the Russian okay. word for thinking. Um, I want to suggest that a tactical approach to using a nuke. if Russia wanted to launch a nuclear missile just to send a signal to the United States, they wouldn't have to launch something at New York. They could bomb Guam or an Aleutian Island or some remote, you know, Canary Island or something and take it out completely. And uh, then America would be on it. And I wonder what Biden would do anyway. Would he let that balloon fly over the United States? But that's another. You know, the thing I liked about Sarah Huckabee Sanders is she was articulate. She was easy to understand. And she was forceful, which I really liked. Because her dad, Mike Huckabee, is the same way. Very educated, very Christian, uh, very talented, very articulate. She basically said, this is a choice between crazy and normal. And it's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Remember years ago, we used to say, you make your bed, you sleep in it. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, you know, some of these people who don't know if they're male or female, 
you know, what kind of world are they creating for themselves? It's, it's a reality that's crazy. And she's exactly right about it. What I like, and I'll, and I'll end by saying this, what I like about this election cycle is we're going to be hearing from DeSantis from Florida. We're going to be hearing from Sarah Huckabee Sanders uh, from Arkansas. And we're going to be hearing from Ron Johnson from Wisconsin. We're going to be hearing from some very strong Republicans with whatever the Democrats throw at us. It's going to be an interesting debate, uh, you know, for the next election cycle. I'm looking forward to how Americans sort all this out, because it's a choice between crazy and normal. It really is. It really is. I got one other question for you, Jeff, real quick. Uh, yeah. When it comes to uh, um if if Biden decides he's going to run again, which it, it, it appears like he's leaning that way, like he's thinking he is, is he so, going to stick with uh, his current vice president or has she pretty much burned all her bridges? A lot of media, are, even media that usually is supportive of the Democratic Party, like the New York Times, has come out and said she's just not there. She she shouldn't be there. Yes. And we'll be hearing more about that, too, because there's, you know, there's the uh, Brookings Institute and others who lean that uh, political agenda, she claims she's going to be there. You know, nothing happens till it happens, so nothing's going to change. Right. Changes. We can expect we can expect her and him to run again, but we don't have to wait for them to get in the canoe before we can start paddling. Our country, you know, is fragile enough. We got leadership in Congress. We can forge ahead and and uh, and provide that leadership and set some policy, uh, you know, in the House of Representatives and bring up these topics. We can we can control the narrative and and you know and roll away from this craziness. We Absolutely, just, we need to move forward. All right, good stuff. Thank you so yeah. much. Appreciate your comments as always, Jeff. Uh, Kenny, what what are we doing here? Do we have to go to break and yeah. then come back? Yeah, or? we're going to ask Jerry yeah. to hold on. We got kind of a long break here. We've got to fit in. And, okay, uh, super. Yeah. Jerry, hang on. We'll get to you right after this. KDAL time is 1154, 32 degrees in Eveleth, 38 degrees at the Army Corps of Engineers, and the National Weather Service in Duluth, overcast and 35. Outstanding. Well, listen, folks, we've had uh, we've had our caller, Jerry, uh, call a couple of times. If you remember, I, Jerry was the guy that had just kind of got out of China just in time when COVID kind of took off and started uh, blasting itself all over the world. And uh, he was pretty lucky to get out of there during that period of time, I think, because it wasn't long after that they locked the country down. And uh, we locked down uh, people coming into the country, flying in from China. Uh, Jerry wants to talk a little bit about this uh, this threat from Russia is it a is it a real threat, Jerry, or is it just what a, what a country like that does to kind of beat their chest when they maybe are having a little bit of difficulty with a war? Brett, first, thanks for having me on. I do want to just make a point first that what am I doing in China? I have friends in China, and people over there are great people. I've been allowed to travel all over through my friends. That's why I was there. Otherwise, there's really no reason to go because you can't navigate without having someone there to help you. Okay, going right. forward, when you when you go back, I'm a 21-year veteran, okay? Pretty much most people that are in the military have respect for other countries that are nuclear you know, capable. Both China and Russia are. Um, are they predictable? No, they're not. So we have to look at this threat as a realistic threat but what I want to point out is that they're threatening us because we are supplying weapons to Ukraine. 
Now, I want people to back up a little bit, a, a, a little bit and remember who supplied a lot of weapons to both North Korea and Vietnamese, the North Vietnamese. Who did? Both China and Russia. China? So if, yep, if China they and can Russia, do yeah. it, you know, they can do it and get away with it, and we, we, we can't say nothing. But yet, when the shoe's on the other foot, who are the bad guys? So take that in, in, in consideration. I just want to put that thought in people's minds. But I have one more comment on the weather balloon, too. I want you to know, China is so advanced in their technology, they are not going to send one or two or three weather balloons across the globe with just weather technology. This was so no. well advanced. They were able, this is planned. They know what they're doing. This is planned to gather information. What confuses pretty much anybody that's ever served in the military, we were invaded. Uh, this is our sovereign airspace. We were invaded, and we know that this should have been shot down. So people have to question in their mind, why was it allowed to go all the way across the United States? And then they, threat, exactly. they, they came up with the threat of, oh, if we shot it down, it would hurt the people or whatever. Let me tell you this. It would have only taken a couple of 20 mil bullets from a whatever aircraft they pursued it with, and it would have just poked a couple holes in it. It would have gently floated down. We would have had all the information. Why did they allow it to go across the United States, and then they shot it down over the water, where we'll never find all the pieces? It's almost like there's some kind of conspiracy here that to cover this up. So I just want people to think of that. This, these are things people should be thinking about. Why was that allowed to happen? Why did they shoot it down over water? Well, that's uh, what a lot of the national media is asking, too, Jerry. You're, you're asking the same kind of questions that a lot in the media are saying, is that we could have shot this down in, in Montana. We could have shot it down the first time it entered our airspace where there was almost nobody, as Governor Walls would say, uh, cows and rocks or something. Uh, but, but we could have, we could have as, as Jerry said, stuck, shot a couple of 20-millimeter cannon through it off of any one of our planes. It would have descended gradually down to the ground. We could have gone in and taken all the technology. But no, we took it out with a sidewinder or some sort of a missile off of an aircraft and let it sink into the ocean, even though from everything I read right now, I think we're going to be able to come up with almost every kind of technology that was on it. Uh, they said they've used sonar to to, uh, uh, to pick out the locations on the bottom. That's only about 40 feet down. Divers are down there right now as we're talking, scooping up things. And they've already taken the skin of the vessel, uh, the balloon itself, with them. But if you noticed when they shot it, the the uh, electronic components on the bottom detached and fell into the ocean first. So that's what they're looking for is, is all of that kind of information. Anyway, Jerry, thank you so much. Good, good stuff. We'll be back. We've got two more hours to come. Don't forget, bottom of next hour, we got Congressman Pete Stauber to talk about the uh, State of the Union as well.